As Bitcoin strives to find its new base of $10,000, altcoins are now coming back to life. Is it possible that the long-awaited alt season is finally upon us? Another possible Satoshi has surfaced. We'll tell you who it is and why this could be the one. And Vitalik tells CZ that he needs to think bigger after CZ shared how cryptocurrency can be seen as protest money. We've got all the big news from the crypto world and a hint at some very big news within the Republic of Bad Cryptopia. Welcome to our Bad News episode number 415 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious duck duck going things. So you don't have to. We are the blockchain blockheads, the crypto clowns. I'm Joel Com, And I'm Travis Wright. And, you know, you can duck duck go for yourself if you like or Google if you want. But, you know, you don't have to. Well, I came up with another name and you know, when you, you think of something and you're like, oh, write that down. And then you don't write it down because you're like, oh, I'll remember that because it's so good. I'll remember that. Yeah. And then you don't remember. And it was like, we're the, the DeFi. DeFi. The do the DeFi DoFi. That was it right there. Yeah, yeah. The DeFi DoFi. The DeFi DoFi. I'm going to have to put that in the show notes for the future. Maybe in where the NFT somethings. <laughs> the NFT teasers. Which we're going to do a little bit more of that today. But first of all, a shout out to our show sponsor, which is Moby Pay. Hopefully by now, I mean, I, I've said this how many times? It's not a recording. I just say it a lot because hopefully by now you've gone to MobyPay.io, put in your information, and got on the beta to receive ten dollars in MBX tokens. I think they've got some announcements coming soon that's going to make it super easy for people to send fiat and digital currency payments worldwide from your mobile phone in seconds, super fast. There's the integrated reward and payment token, the Moby Point. Go claim, not the Moby Point. <laughs> that wouldn't be a thing. The Moby Point coin. It's a coin. See, I'm a coin genius. Oh, that's a different sponsor. What's and uh, go check it out, mobypay.io. And with that, let's go to the news. And the show is a day later than usually is for bad news because Mr. Travis Wright was having some internet connectivity issues yesterday. Yeah, still having it intermittent going in and out. It's like my internet Wi-Fi decides to do some intermittent fasting. It's like I'm going to take a little break <laughs> it's here. Slowing. It's slowing. Well, yeah. it is June 6th, yeah. 2020, and uh, the time right now as of this recording is 2.40 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The crypto market caps from our friends at coingecko.com. What I can't – am I having a problem with consonants today? I'm not sure. The coin and the dom. There Coin? you go. Well, just, that's just deep doing. Gakko. Going, oh, my gosh. Let's do the podcast like this. Make it time. Coingecko.com. Because I was thinking of our friend Bobby Ong. Yeah. Anyway, it is $276 billion right now. Bitcoin is at ninety-six seventy. Ethereum 241, Tether a dollar even. XRP is over 20 cents now. Bitcoin Cash 253, Bitcoin SV 194. Litecoin 4679, Cardano 8.5 cents. EOS $2.80. And Binance Coin knocked Tezos 
out of 10th place. Um, and it is now at 1757. An interesting week for the altcoins, Mr. Oh, my Dan. good golly. Wow. Last seven days, Divi up 90%, up over 4.7 cents. Wow. That was when we started, when, when, when Divi first got on the show, it was less than, is around a tenth of a penny. Yeah, it was, it was really low. And uh, they actually gave us, uh, you know, they, they were um, advertisers, they were sponsors of the show and they actually credited us with um, helping bring awareness to the market in a way that nobody else had. And that's really a credit to those of you out there who, you know, many of you probably jumped on the master nodes when it was sub penny and you've been cranking out Divi and it is now 4.7 cents up 90.8% for the last seven days. Golly. You know, what's crazy is what five, four of the top five coins that had the biggest weeks we have had lots of conversations around the mm -hmm. second biggest Zilliqua. They're up 61% in the last seven days. Uh, they're up to 0.2.1 cents. Wax, Wax, we've been having a lot of conversations around. They had the, the tops and the garbage pail kids thing. They're up 58% this week. Uh, they're up to seven and a half cents. They were, when, when garbage pail kids came out, around three cents. And crypto coin, the CRO token, that's up over 10 cents now. Sure. And uh, that's up 36%. And uh, loop ring, which we've never talked about, they're up thirty six percent this week. That is crazy to me. Wow, a lot of green. Seven cents for Divi. Also noting that Stellar is back over eight cents again. I'm I'm still personally a believer in Stellar. Really on the downside, um, not too many coins had a bad week. You know, the very worst was Matic Network down thirteen point eight percent for the last seven days. So this leads me to believe, Mr. Travis Wright, that uh, we are entering it looks at all indicators would be that altcoin season could finally be here that you know the the bitcoin price has kind of stabilized in the mid to high 9000s we poked through 10000 we'll talk about those stories in a moment but the the altcoins seem to have a pulse now and that's really encouraging because i know some of my bags have <laughs> <laughs> plenty of worthless altcoins in it. it would be nice to see even those you know claim some value yeah i like all the ones that i sold before they made their big moon run that's my favorite well you're hodling um uh, garbage pail kids cards still and those are worth wax <laughs> those are worth wax i have sold some of those along the way i do have a set of each one of those but it's almost like the fact that wax went up you know, from three cents to almost eight cents, it's almost like I should have kept them there. <laughs> yeah, but but who but knew? I mean, some of those wax tokens have gone up thirty five x. So are those uh, wax cards? So craziness. Right. Fun to watch. Fun to play around. Absolutely. Uh, there's this article here from uh, Bloomberg that is definitely worth paying attention to. There is a gentleman out there named Adam Back, and he is the guy. What was the service he created, Travis? Hash Cash. Hash Cash. Um, and people are beginning to say maybe this guy is Satoshi Nakamoto. Now, this article here on Bloomberg is uh, gated, so I can't actually see the whole thing. But what can you tell us about it? Well, he was asked, are you Satoshi? And he says, I am not Satoshi. However, it is generally viewed at this point that it's better that the founder of Bitcoin not be known because a lot of people have a, a hierarchical mindset 
if you read about a technology and try to figure out who the CEO of a company is and people want to ask questions because Bitcoin is more like digital gold, you wouldn't want gold to have a founder. So for Bitcoin to keep a commodity-like perception, I think it's a very good idea that Satoshi stays out of the public. So if he was Satoshi, that's the answer he's going to give. I'm not Satoshi. We are all Satoshi. But we're not actually all Satoshi. That's that's a, right. a silly phrase that really doesn't mean anything because I, I didn't invent it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm definitely doing my part. You know, you and I are helping to move blockchain forward by disseminating information and creating projects in the space. But I'm not Satoshi. Yeah. And, and I don't know anybody who is. Yeah. So he's he's a big Bitcoin believer still. He's the chief uh, executive officer of Blockstream. That sells equipment to support Bitcoin-related operations and Fidelity Investments and Reed Hoffman, the creator of LinkedIn, uh, are investors in that, I believe. They also mine Bitcoin. Uh, Back says he also mines Bitcoin, but he keeps what he mines. He does not sell them. You know what would be hilarious, Travis, if it turned out that John McAfee was Satoshi Nakamoto? <laughs> No, he would say it. He would have said it a long time ago. That would, well, he claims to know once upon a time, uh, either late last year or earlier this year, he said he was going to out Satoshi. And then a few months passed and he decided, no, I'm not going to do that. It wouldn't be good for the community. Well, you think about this. I think he just does some of that shit for, for you know, attention. Like, for example, like when he came on, when we interviewed him and we asked him about his million dollar thing, he was like, people, come on, listen, look, no, that was a joke. You think I'm going to eat my own penis? He said because, over this. He goes, I don't think it's going to, he doesn't think it's going to be a million because then that would like surpass the GDP of some of these different places. He says he predicted that Bitcoin would reach a million. Are you one of the people who did not see the absurd humor in this? He goes, on the same day I posted this, I predicted whale fucking would replace surfing as the number one water, water sport. <laughs> Wake up. Yeah, that's what he oh, went on gosh. to say. So um, he says that Bitcoin price predictions are pure nonsense. Uh, they shouldn't be taken seriously. And even as he was saying that Bitcoin went past 10,000, he's, he's actually not a Bitcoin fan. You know, he says that uh, that Bitcoin is a broken currency. And that, technology. Yeah. There's a lot of new cool technologies that are popping up and doing uh, interesting stuff. I mean, look at these last couple of weeks. You know, Verge took off, Engine taken off, Wax taken off, Divi's taken off. A lot of these other altcoins are, 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 are taken off and they do different stuff. They fit different niches within the space. And um, I, I like it. They could be taking off, but all that really matters is adoption, right? The winners are going to be those that end up being used and price speculation, buying something because, you know, there's some news around it that there's a partnership or development might be moving forward. Even a partnership doesn't guarantee that it's going to succeed. Right. Uh, it just means that they're still alive and they're making moves towards adoption. But we have yet to see any true mass mainstream adoption of any cryptocurrency. Yep. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you are I think wrong. it's good. I think it's good. Uh, Billy Bambro. Billy Bambro. He's a writer for Forbes, I do say, and I'm hoping he's Scottish. <laughs> he says that uh, Bitcoin could be ready to surge to $100,000 after a stock-to-flow update has been revealed. 
Um, they're basically looking at, you know, the, the money that's moving from institutions, from the markets to, uh, to cryptocurrency. And when that um, Kraken is unleashed, not to be referencing the exchange of the same name because they don't pay us to be a sponsor of the show. But when that happens, people see that there's going to be a big uh, flow of money into cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a, a Bitcoin analyst who goes by Plan B. And this person created the stock to flow Bitcoin pricing model. And they revealed a, a chart update this week. And you can go to the Twitter account. The Twitter account is 100 trillion USD, 100 trillion USD, and stock to flow price. And it shows how it went from one cent in 2010 to 2020, where we are, and how it should pop. It looks like it's it's been along this line here for a while. It's about time for it to pop up. So theory is within the uh, next couple of years, it should pop up. This, this guy created a ratio model, basically, that shows the existing supply of an asset against how much is entering circulation. Mm-hmm. So gold has the largest stock to flow ratio, 62. And what that means is it would take 62 years of gold production to get the current gold stock have a higher stock to flow ratio. And, and that's when it becomes more valued because it's scarce. Silver's got a stock to flow ratio of 22 years. For, mm-hmm. for production of it to reach the current stock of it. Bitcoin stock to flow is now 50 after the halving. And and so based on that, that's how this guy is charting it to say. Uh, so I, I thought initially that when he was talking about stock to flow, he was talking about institutional money. He's not. He's nope. talking about the supply yeah. um, versus how much is still yet to come into supply. Yeah. And if you look at the chart and he sent out on the tweet, and basically what happens is, is when the, the, the having happens, boom, he, he has a red dot. And then over time, he's charting it over time from that red dot. And then, oh, then it becomes slowly becomes orange, slowly becomes yellow, slowly becomes green, slowly becomes blue, slowly becomes dark purple at the next having. That way you can see. And what's happened every other time, those red dots happen. And then pow, 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 pow. And they just there's going to be a shoot a shoot up in price up until the time it hits yellow. It seems I don't, like. I don't think it's a pow though. Over I think the next like, year and a half, the pricing of Bitcoin should really take off. I don't think it's a pow. I think it's like pew 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 pew. It's yeah, like, each one is a pew. Okay, okay. It's a pew, not a pow. Okay. <laughs> you gave up too easy there. You've been like no pew pow power pew power. So he's not. This guy's not the only one. There's another analyst with the name of Credible Crypto. And he is saying that Bitcoin has now spent 900 days correcting from its $20,000 all-time high. But we're just getting ready to start the climb up to $100,000. Can you believe it's been that long since the all-time high, Trav? Two and a half years? Well, I'm looking at the calendar. More than that. 900, well, yeah, two and a half years. Yep. I'm looking at the calendar. Seems about legit. I mean, here we are in June. It hit the all-time high in December of 2017. It does seem crazy. That was two and a half years ago. But, uh, yeah, rock and roll, man. Tempest Fugit means time is fleeting for those of you that are Latin buffs. Meanwhile, we saw Bitcoin go over $10,000, right? It was on June 2nd, right as the president was saying, 
that it's time to crack down on the riots that are taking place in some of our um, cities. And it went and rallied up to 10,380. Uh, first time in three months. Yeah. And then it probably felt like 9,500. Yeah. And, it, and it's been, you know, around 95 to, I would say, 9,800 here all week, while some of the altcoins are making the run up. So there's a lot of green this week as I'm looking at the, the weekly market chart here. And of course, this is all on Cointelegraph.com. And you can check out the links to all of the articles that we're referencing to Cointelegraph and other places on our show notes at badco.in forward slash 415. The 415 being the secret code for this episode number. Ooh, ah. Next up, hey, this guy named Vitalik Buterin has some words for CZ. And tells him to think bigger. Crypto is more than just protest money. And uh, he says that the crypto community needs to get with the times and that the current financial crisis is very different than the 2008 uh, crisis that we went through and that the crypto community needs to adjust its thinking accordingly. And on June 2nd, he had a bit of a Twitter thread where he was talking about some of Bitcoin's most, you know, some of their, the, the, the biggest narratives are not to be relevant this time around, right? Yeah, well, I guess that CZ uh, made a tweet and basically he said, Bitcoin is the peaceful protest. Well, certainly a peaceful protest. Uh, it's a peaceful protest against the monetary systems, the banking system, mm -hmm. the financial structure, centralization. Um, I don't think it's a, a protest, you know, for uh, justice, you know, that, that all races would be, treated equal. I think peaceful protests of those kind where people are holding signs and gathering together, you know, whether it's in America where that's part of our constitution or around the world where uh, those, those are peaceful protests too. And they, a lot of those people don't know anything about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't even really know how, how money is manipulated still. Yeah, but once true. they realize it, that's the beginning point of the red pill for most people. Once they realize that money is not it, is not what we think it is, but Vitalik is saying, hey, let's go beyond money. You know, reforming money is not sufficient. We need greater changes. Decentralized censorship resistant publishing and communication, decentralized communities, governance, DAOs, DAOs for content creation, all important work. And Joel and I have been talking about this for a long time is that, you know, censorship's been a problem. Crypto and blockchain can save that and fix these problems. So, yeah. Idea, it's 2016 to 2020, a period of ideological realignment. Many old ideologies and coalitions are dying, and many new ones are being born. The hills and valleys on the uh, battlefields are shifting. The crypto space needs to be watching carefully and adjust to the new realities. You know, Vitalik's kind of like a superhero of the space, isn't he? He's kind of like this guy who's, you know, out there saying what needs to be said, fighting the good fight. I mean, what, what if he was a superhero? Man, there's a lot of there's a lot of crypto superheroes out there. I know. Vitalik. I'm trying to picture what he would, you know, what kind of what would he look like? Mm. I, I think maybe he'd be like this overpowering uh, robot or some kind like he'd been he'd be metallic. Mm, right? Maybe that, he would. Huh? I think he could be metallic. Wow. I, I, I am That's metallic. Great. I will fight the good fight. Mm -hmm. We need to reform off things than just money. Uh, speaking of reform, this is um, not good. 
this is this is you know somebody who's doing this i don't know who did it but somebody is uh leveraging and exploiting george floyd by um creating a crypto around uh the the whole situation that's happening here the george floyd token is called flyd and it's saying that the memory of george floyd will live on forever thanks to the token while its main pitch is that of a secure way of funding empowerment that that just reeks of exploitation to me well there's a lot of those projects that popped up in 2017 and 18 that were those fraudulent icos and they sort of got a bunch of money and then disappeared and i don't know i mean there's a lot of emotion flowing through the world right now and i don't know creating a token around that could be seen as exploitation maybe their heart's in the right place but it just doesn't seem to come off uh all it is is they have a, a website they they don't even have a vision paper yet or they do have a vision paper but it's not it's not a white page it's just it's, it's just a, a thought out of thin air <laughs> trying to you know, smells capitalize bad. on the moment. It smells like you farted. Like it just—it's not good. I, I, okay. <laughs> Sometimes my farts smell great. Yeah, depends what you eat, right? That is true. Sometimes <laughs> they're not good. Well, I guess Coin Telegraph tried to reach the project and nobody responded there. At least, um, you know, maybe there'll be a follow up. Maybe they will respond. But I'm just like, you know, be careful, people. Don't get scammed. Uh, you know, if you're going to donate money to a cause, you know, vet where it's going and um uh have make sure there's accountability there at least that's yep. what i try to do for myself and you can the news we have uh an article here by william suberg here on cointelegraph.com stack sats bitcoin figure tells europe to prepare they're preparing for a 1.5 trillion dollar bailout and so the european central bank doubles its emergency asset Purchase program, Bitcoin seems to be even stronger uh, as, a, as if they want to opt out for that. So another day, another trillion dollars. Uh, the, the ECB has announced it will double the coronavirus purchase program uh, to $1.35 trillion. And uh, that's crazy. So Bitcoin proponents are basically telling their followers, stack sats. Right, because that's, that's. this, you know, this is uh, the presses are going brr, and all over the world. They're going brr. inflation, inflation, inflation. And if you're stacking sats, then you might have the safe haven um, that's going to help combat that. Uh, meanwhile, China's digital yuan could be the one to replace Bitcoin and end the uh, the U.S. dollar being the world's currency. The People's Bank of China last week revealed their plans to have their sovereign digital currency ready in time for the 2022 Winter Olympics and limited trials are already underway in four cities across the uh, the country uh, of China. So I don't know. I, I hope that the Chinese yuan doesn't become the world currency uh, because they are not uh, proponents of freedom. Yeah. Now, if you're if you're interested in how this all works because I am, I think it's pretty fascinating. There's a book out there called Currency Wars, The Making of the Next Global Crisis. It's by a dude named James Rickards, or Rickards. And uh, I listened to the audio book of that, went to that book. Um, my One of my friends at the CFTC recommended this. Uh, he said, you need to read this book. And it talks about how China manipulated their currency for so long, and they kept the, vol the, the value of their currency to the dollar very low intentionally. That way, 
their products in their country could be cheap and they could pay uh, their you know uh, workers low salaries and then they could still export everything and make lots of money and so that's how they they the last 20 25 years in in China has just been booming and they've made so much money when you've seen how some of these cities have just skyrocketed like Shenzhen and Shanghai and there are so many cities in in China that have over 10 million people it's just it just exploded over the last 20 years because people from these rural areas would come to these big cities where all these jobs are but they artificially kept the value of the yuan down well now they're going to create this digital yuan which can really you know they're going to be able to utilize that a lot of people in China they already use you know, the WeChat, WePay and Alipay they're already used to digital money and it's going to take this it's going to take them by storm more and more countries are going to start utilizing it or adopting it it could become the next world reserve currency but i don't know man i don't know if i i like the idea of a communist regime having the world reserve currency that seems like it could be a gray area and lots of problems yeah i don't uh, i don't disagree so we got to watch out for that uh, this article is actually an rt Dot com. You can go check that out. Another story here, Mr. Travis Wright from Bloomberg that I cannot see because they want me to pay. Um, and it's about Samsung partnering with the Winklevoss um, Gemini Exchange. Do we know anything about this? Well, I know this. One of the things that's been really, really huge on this is that the Winklevoss twins have been making some pretty big deals. They they bought the nifty gateway from the the Cockfoster twins, they've been doing some other things out there. They've been making a lot of partnerships. Samsung's partnered with Engine. Uh, Samsung now and their new phones, they have a, a wallet that, that you can store your Engine NFTs in. Now they're partnering with uh, the, the the twins, the Gemini twins. And I've also reached my limit on Bloomberg as well. So I've actually found a another link to it here on Coindesk. Gemini, first U.S. exchange to integrate with Samsung's blockchain wallet and that's what that is all about uh, uh-huh. they so their uh, wallet's huge it's big news that is big news and uh way to go winklevi um although i i just i can't help but snicker every time you say cock foster <laughs> i know cock fosters are pretty hilarious good people though man they're doing awesome stuff in the nft space so moving on here, back to Cointelegraph, this article by Julia Magas says Ethereum may not be perfect, but most dApps still like to run with it. Um, a more, majority of dApp developers are still using Ethereum, but boy, I'll tell you, those gas fees can eat you up and it can be slow. And after what we saw happen with this Garbage Pail Kids thing and how fast waxes you know, and, and the fees are pretty much, they're non-existent, really. Um, I, I don't know why DAP developers would continue to stick with Ethereum. You know, every time you do an Ethereum app and then you have to improve a transaction, it pops your little MetaMask and you've got to connect it to the app and then you've got to approve that transaction. I'm like, this yep. is funky. This is not the way to mainstream adoption. Mm-hmm. Wax is so easy. Like some of these secondary markets and selling is just you sign in one time through your wax.io, your cloud wallet, and then you connect it to those other ones. It's very simple. And here's the thing. A lot of Ethereum dApps are moving over to wax. Like what was, what was the one we have uh, karma, the karma apps moving over. Well, he was on EOS. 
They were on EOS. Yeah, people are moving from EOS and Ethereum over to Wax. You're starting well, to see more and more of that. It's because EOS, EOS, you have to create an account, and that costs money to create the account. And if the DAP, the company with the DAP is not going to cover it, who's going to cover that fee? Um, and then you've got like Scatter, which is, you know, we figured it out uh, to, you know, to use as a connector for your apps on EOS. Not everybody can go through that process. It's a pain. Uh, you know, the Wax Cloud Wallet is, is simple, super easy. And uh, why, why? That's one thing about Dan Larimer. He's like, he, here's his third time. He built BitShares, then he built Steam. Now he's building EOS. You think on the third try, you'd be like, okay, I'm I'm gonna make everything smooth. Everything that I've learned from these other ones are gonna be it's gonna be butter. Right. Why would you charge X amount to create an account? That is the antithesis because you want to get like. Creating an account is the very first step in wanting to use something. Like, right. I won't sign up an account unless I know I want to use it. And if I got to pay money to sign up for an account, I'm not going to do that. If I've it's not even still, used it yet. It's still like butter, Travis, but it's like frozen butter. Right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's frozen butter on bread does not work. No, it doesn't. You end up tearing up the bread and it's it's no bueno. Which, by the way, are you a, uh, a butter in the fridge or outside the fridge person? I like to keep my butter in the fridge, but I like I don't use margarine. I use straight, like really good butter. So why like do you unsalted butter, Irish butter? Why do you keep it in the fridge? Because I like to keep it in the fridge. I got a butter container in the fridge. It says for butter. Ah, well, you know what? You don't need to. And in fact, if you want your butter soft, butter isn't meant to be kept in the fridge. Margarine, you have to like all the the artificial okay. spreads and all. You have to refrigerate. But butter, no, you just like put it out. It's always soft. Take your little butter container and put it out there. And anytime you want to spread, and that's my uh, that's my butter tip for the day. I'm not I, a butter advisor. I should make some delicious, um, maybe a delicious uh, egg, ham, and cheese sandwich. Grilled <clears throat> in your honor. This uh, this article here that Julia wrote is um, is pretty lengthy and well researched. So if you want to check that out, you'll find that in our show notes as well. Uh, meantime, this is interesting, Travis, because one of the first ICOs we had on the show, uh, I don't think they made it, but way back in 2017 was called Music Economy. And wow. the idea was that royalties to musicians to um, could be designated on blockchain and delivered at the, the moment that a purchase is made. So yep. that if a song costs a dollar, then the smart contract could designate 10% of that to the bassist, 12% to the singer, uh, you know, 5% to the drummer because drummers don't get respect, maybe some to the songwriter, maybe to the agent, the manager. And that didn't work out, but there is um, another one here that is music-based, which looks to deal with royalties a completely different way by allowing regular people to earn on the royalties of other people's music. It's called A-Note Music. And basically, it's like buying shares in um, in an artist's success. Mm. So like, there's like a new upcoming artist. Like imagine if you found Taylor Swift early on in her career or like Justin Bieber or somebody like that. Right whenever they're getting ready to take off, you're like, oh, you know what? I want to buy some royalties or buy a, a, a percentage of that. So one... So A-Note has struck a deal with one record label, an Italian label called Irma Records, to launch 200,000 euros in shares on their platform. And here's what they said. With Irma Records, we bring a mature and solid investable asset to the early users of A-Note Music. At the same time, it provides a good benchmark 
of the kind of music catalogs our audience can expect to find and invest in on the A-Note music platform once they've officially launched. So I think it's an interesting process. It's an interesting idea. Like, you know, it's almost like how cool would it be to be like when you find like Bryce Harper. When Bryce Harper was 16, he plays baseball and he was an MVP and like he's still like 26 years old. But when he was 16, he was crunching 500 you know, foot home, uh, home runs. And I, wa- I was like, man. If I could invest in a sports athlete, like I would have invested in Bryce Harper because you could just tell he was going to be a superstar, right? Or like some of these footballers, soccer players around the world, you can just tell they're going to be like, if you could then sort of get some of their royalties or some of their future earnings by investing in them, like that would be, that would be super sweet. Think how much more as a fan you would enjoy you know, watching it's not, and it's not gambling, right? So these athletes, and let's just stick with, with sports for the moment rather than music, because these athletes sign these huge contracts and some of these, um, you know, the um, franchises, they spend a lot of money. What if, you know, the, the chief's organization could say, Hey, Travis, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to crowdfund the contract, you know, from homes, right? And, and here's how it's going to work. You'd find people all over Kansas City, all over the world, really, that would invest a piece to pay his salary, knowing that they're going to get returns on that if the team is successful. Mm. Right? You'd be yeah, in. You'd be it, like, I'm it, buying it, it be the right way. It could, be, it could be worked. And, you know, especially like with the lifetime earnings, with some of those key athletes, they have huge endorsement deals they can make, like from Adidas, you know. $20 million a year and an Oakley and all these other ones. So it's like, you know, if you were able to invest early on on an athlete somehow, and, and it wouldn't be like you got like 10% of their, their salaries over their lifetime is, is like dividends back to the people who invested early on or something. Uh, there's been some athletes that have done something like that. Uh, a bag of basketball player, maybe a football, one football player did something like that, but yeah, things like that will be, be, you know, pop up in the future. Like what if you like, you know, in the NCAA and college basketball and college football, those players can't make any money. So that would be kind of interesting to be able to go, hey, I want to invest in this basketball player here because I think he's the next Michael Jordan and he can get that money now. And then he just dividends out a percentage of his future revenues or something. Call it an, an ISO, initial sports offering, or an, or an IAO, initial athlete offering. Mm. <laughs> Well, we're going to be watching that space for sure and guarantee you that more is going to come about there. Travis, this uh, last story warms the cockles of my heart. My, my cockles were previously cold like butter in the fridge. Oh, that's good. Now- Did it warm your cock foster? <laughs> <laughs> now they're warm because I left it out. There's a company in Armenia called Ecos, E-C-O-S. They've got a medium blog and we showed up on Google Alerts for bad crypto because they wow. posted an article called The Best crypto podcasts of all time and right up there the very first one they said bad crypto podcast quote hosts of this podcast joel common travis Wright, are probably the most fun guys from the world of cryptocurrencies you will never get bored listening to them in their podcast joel and travis discuss events from the world of cryptocurrencies making jokes ecos recommends it oh my cockles are all warm now so great 
We discuss events from the world of cryptocurrencies, making jokes. We make the jokes. Also mentioned in here is uh, Let's Talk Bitcoin off the chain, untold stories with Charlie Shramtastic and our friends at Crypto 101. We're all in this together, gang. This is, uh, you know, between podcasts, I think that there's so much variety here. There truly is something for everyone and uh, we want to support all our friends in the uh, the crypto podcast and the crypto youtube space because a rising crypto tide raises all the crypto boats Mm -hmm. and there are so many amazing people in the crypto world who have just been so instrumental in growing and nurturing this space over the last 12 years since that white paper was created and uh, we honor them and thank, you know, we're very thankful that they that they've been out there. We're we're just for the ride, man. We're we're at, we're here to showcase the ones who are doing the coolest and most epic stuff. So speaking of something epic, uh, on the last episode of the Nifty Show, which would have been episode two, this is our live show on video that you can watch every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 o'clock Pacific Time, um, in all the different places on our YouTube channel, on Theta TV, on DLive, on Periscope. Uh, we're, we're all over the place, and certainly we invite you to come join us live. But we had Ben Nolan, the creator of Crypto voxels.com this is one of the games where you can own a piece of virtual property on blockchain and build something on it uh, mm-hmm. I, I recruited an artist by the name of buzz lightning which you could find him i believe on twitter at buzz lightning and uh, on the lot that i purchased mr travis Wright, he built us a republic of bad cryptopia mm. and this video shows that yeah just pretty cool we walk through it and all and you, you you'll enjoy it and you can actually go there. And if you go, I think if you go to CryptoVoxels.com right now, uh, you can see there was a there's a thing called a Womp. And Mr. Joel Com created a Womp, which is actually where our, our place is. You can click that and it'll take you right to it. And you can walk through it. You don't even have to sign up. You can just walk through the place. And if you're curious about what a Voxel is, well, we asked the dude. He tells us. Yeah, he tells us about it. Yeah, our WAMP is there. I'm going to give you two short links. Uh, first of all, the podcast itself, we'd appreciate you going subscribing. It's theniftyshow.com. You can now find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and a couple other places. Uh, but it is a video. So if you want to go watch the replay of this episode in particular and see the unveiling of the bad um, Republic of Bad Cryptopia in CryptoVoxels, then go to nifty.show forward slash two nifty.show forward slash two. If you want to try out crypto voxels yourself, then go to badco.in forward slash voxels, and it will actually load you right to our place. And you can go in there and you'll see a bad crypto artwork. You'll see Travis and I on the windows. You'll There's some audio clips that'll be a surprise for you when you go in that you can play. It, it's super great fun. And this is kind of, um, you know, this is the new second life in the blockchain world. Sort of Minecrafty, Yeah, and if you don't care about it, you don't have to do anything. You just don't, you just go about your day, turn off the podcast and go do something else. Well, you have to do one thing, and that is uh, you have to stay bad. Yeah, so do that. Catch you guys next time. Stay bad. Who's bad? 
The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.